You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And there is a lot going on in the land of the New York football giants, Chris. Listeners, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, what's going to happen? Will they be New York Giants? But we are not here to talk about that just yet, okay? We will be talking about that through the offseason, but on this podcast, we're here to talk about the 2023 NFL Combine, specifically the defensive prospects. It's in the books, Chris. How you doing? I am doing very well right now. Yeah, This was... With the exception of the very end, had some injuries among the offensive line group, which suck. I I hate seeing injuries in games. I hate seeing them even more at at the combine when guys are just, they're going on the biggest interview of their lives, trying, hoping, striving to live out their dream, and then they get hurt. Yeah, that's terrible. But we did have an incredible combine, especially among the defensive players, which is what we're talking about today. Yes, and let's start right there with the defensive line. And we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up Kalijah Kansi. This is the pit defensive tackle who everyone is linking to Aaron Donald because they're both undersized. They're both around the same weight. I think both of the prospects are very different in how they win. I also think arm length is a a huge deal. Kalijah Kansi's arms are like 30 inches just a smidge over 30 inches whereas Aaron Donald's was like 33 so I don't really see the parallels in terms of the entirety of their draft profile but I love how Kalijah Kansi leverages his quickness off the snap how low he maintains himself through his first three steps exploding off the line of scrimmage the leverage that he plays with and his pass rushing repertoire just in general so I really like Kalijah Kansi I'm running a 467 40 yard dash Definitely helped him at the combine. It was a smidge faster than Aaron Donald's, and it ends up going down as the fastest 40 of any interior defensive lineman run in NFL history. That sounds very impressive, but in a little bit, we're going to throw a little bit of cold water on it. But regardless of the fact, a 46740 is impressive. It really is impressive. And I am not at all surprised that he's getting those Aaron Donald comparisons, even if they weren't both from Pitt. If they weren't both Pitt alums, I would I would understand those comparisons. When you have an undersized, explosive defensive tackle like Kalijah Kansi, that is a problem for interior offensive linemen. You know, those guys are already at a at an athletic disadvantage compared with your average NFL three technique. When you have a guy who's going to be lining up at three technique, four eye technique, basically attacking those B gaps who has edge rusher speed and explosiveness. Yeah. The, the giants with Justin Tuck, Michael Strahan, uh, yeah, Jason Pierre, Paul, some, although he didn't reduce inside all that often, 
it, those guys got a lot of sacks, created a lot of pressure by creating that kind of athletic mismatch. And you know what? Why don't we jump right to the cold water with Tom? You know what? I'm going to let you take the name on this one. <laughs> yeah, this <is laughs> but North, the defensive North- lineman from uh, Northwestern. Yeah, the defensive lineman from Northwestern who, for whatever reason, was classified as an edge and a defensive end, but he is six foot one. 282 pounds, so a pound heavier than Kalijah Kansi. And a lot of people just call him Tom, but I'm going to take a nice little stab at this. Atatamiwa Atabare out of Northwestern. This is somebody who had probably the best defensive testing metrics of any of the prospects that were there, especially when you look at it. When you think of him as a prospect, nobody thinks of him as a first round type of guy. But he went out there and might have made himself the most money just because he really is going to force a lot of NFL evaluators back to his tape. 282 pounds, like I said, 27 on the bench, which was really, really good. A 37 and a half vert, a 10-5 broad, a 4-4-9 40-yard dash. This guy, mind you, pound heavier than Kalijah Kansi, but since he's classified as an edge rusher, everyone's overlooking the fact that he did this. Kansi ran a 4.67, Chris. This guy ran a 4.49. People should be just heaping praise at Adabare, but he kind of is sliding under the radar a little bit because of that edge classification. But I have to get to his tape still, but this was a fantastic showing from a really good athlete. Yeah, that that 4.49 was better than a lot of running backs and wide receivers in this year's draft class. And again, at 282 pounds. Like, we keep saying that, but... what he did was honestly in his own way as amazing as what Jordan Davis did last year at what was he 350 342 something like that something insane but yeah at 282 pounds yes that's undersized for a defensive tackle and you probably could line him up as a defensive end maybe not a an edge in the modern way where they're rushing from a two-point stance, three-point stance, occasionally dropping back into coverage, all of that. As long as his hand is in the dirt, he what he did is absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. And another player who really stuck out to a lot of people who isn't generating much buzz is Gervin Dexter Sr. out of Florida. Ran a 4.88 with a 1.8110 yard split, which isn't great, but he is six foot six. 310 pounds, and he looked pretty smooth in the bag drills and just operating in space. What were your thoughts on Gervin Dexter Sr.? Yeah, I thought he confirmed a lot of what I saw on tape, and I liked what I saw from him on tape with one eh, not insignificant asterisk, and that is I have questions about his ability to time a snap, but we couldn't really evaluate that at the combine. Even with football on a stick, you know, Rich Eisen's favorite player at the combine. <laughs> You really can't judge how well a defensive player can time the snap and just explode off the line of scrimmage. But what you can test is their general athleticism. You can get a sense for just how explosive they are, how explosive their lower body is. And at 6'6", 3'10", a 31-inch vert and a 9'2 broad jump, those are plenty good. Yeah, his, what was it, a 1'8", 10 yard split that's not great but given his length and again how much technique factors into the 40 i don't really have any concerns about his explosiveness and that lines up with what i saw on tape once he did get moving he 
got moving in a hurry. Honestly, he kind of reminds me of former giant Chris Canty with that big, long frame. A guy who's going to weigh 310, 315, but does not look it. Carries his weight exceptionally well. And I think somewhere in the mid-rounds, maybe the third round, some team is going to get themselves a good defensive tackle in Dexter. Now on to a more renowned defensive tackle prospect, and that is Brian Brzee out of Clemson. And this is somebody who is 6'5 and a half, 298 pounds, and he was the number one ranked recruit coming out of Damascus High School in Maryland. Ended up going to Clemson. This was in the year of 2020. And because of injuries and then a de- the death of his sister this past season, which is obviously tragic and devastating, he he never really, I guess, some people would say he didn't live up to his potential. And he had a really good freshman season at Clemson. So what were your thoughts on Brzee? Because I haven't watched his tape yet, and I just know that his name has a lot of first-round buzz. So what were your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I really like Brian Brzee. And when I do my final scouting report, I'm probably going to have at least one, maybe even two games that I watch specifically from that freshman season because he looked like the number one overall prospect in the country that year. He exploded onto the scene. And you know, the Giants have a lot of needs all over their roster. And one of, one of the more under-the-radar ones is along that defensive line because, yes, they've got Leonard Williams, they've got Dexter Lawrence. Those guys are a great duo together. However, we don't know how much longer Leonard Williams is going to be a Giant with the kind of insane cap number that he has right now. And even if both of those guys do stick around for a good long time, that's still only two, and the Giants need to have a rotation. Those big guys need rest. And we saw what happens when the Giants are forced to rest one of them, or in Leonard Williams' case, they suffer an injury. Other teams were able to pick on the Giants' depth at defensive tackle. Now, Brian Mazzee, he would give them another starting caliber defensive tackle because he is quick, he is smooth, he's controlled, but he is also an explosive interior rusher. He can defend the run, and he can get after the passer. Now, he might not put up massive sack numbers, but he is going to be an absolute headache, an absolute pain in the ass for opposing offensive coordinators trying to figure out how to deal with this guy. Yeah, you're right there. I'm right there with you. Chris on Brzee. I just need to get to Clemson's tape. I want to watch Simpson, the linebacker, Miles Murphy, the edge. They have a lot of interesting prospects coming out of Clemson. Let's transition, though, to another Southern team and the edge position. And I want to focus on one player from said edge position, and that is Nolan Smith out of the University of Georgia. I just did a detailed breakdown on Big Blue View's YouTube. You can still find it at BigBlueView.com. I encourage everybody to go over there and check it out. And not only did Nolan Smith absolutely obliterate the combine testing, even though he's a little bit undersized, but when you just watched him at the podium, how well-spoken he was, how authentic he was, how raw he was at certain points of his interview, you can just tell this is going to be a true team leader and a force in the locker room that other players will gravitate towards. What was your overall impressions of Nolan Smith at the combine? Exactly the same. I was kind of taken aback, but then impressed when he ran a unofficial 44440 got in on his phone with somebody i don't know if uh, <laughs> his his trainer his 
representation, whatever, and wound up throwing that phone down in disgust because he thought he should be faster. And oh, by the way, he it turns out he actually did run a 439, which, which is, again, insane. But that's kind of what we've come to expect from pretty much anybody who comes to the combine out of the University of Georgia. Um, their recruiting and strength and conditioning departments are, they're just on another level right now. And it isn't a surprise that they have a 24 and one record over the last two years and two national championships. But yeah, Nolan Smith was very, very impressive. He was an impressive young man. And I think it's really speaks to the caliber of young man that he is that all of his Georgia teammates were watching him run and they were hyped as hell <laughs> in <laughs> wherever it was that they were watching. They were cheering him on, even though he couldn't hear it. And I, I really do think that speaks to the caliber of leader and player that he is. And just speaking as a player, I like what I saw on tape from him. I don't care that he only got three sacks. He is explosive. He is incredibly bendy. He's got great movement skills. And even though he he's, what, a 239-pound player, I believe? 238, I, but yeah, you're right there. Well, <laughs> It depends on what time of day you take the uh, you take the measurement when it's that close. And despite Nolan Smith being only 238 pounds, this guy's really physical against the run, man. I love watching him just attack pullers with the squeeze technique or the wrong arm technique. He was very physical at the point of attack. It's something I really appreciate. So he's not a liability as a run defender, which his profile would suggest that he is. So I'm a, I'm a fan of Nolan Smith. I don't think the Giants will land him because he'll probably have to be selected at 25 and the Giants, I don't believe will go edge at 25, especially not maybe a Nolan Smith type with them going after Aziz Ojolari two years ago and then Kayvon Thibodeau this past year. But I want to talk about another edge and that is Lucas Van Ness, complete opposite type of player from Nolan Smith. Not only is he six foot five, 272 pounds, He's not the bendy, I'm going to win high side and beat you around your outside shoulder type of edge rusher. He is more of the, I'm going to run directly through your freaking soul and then steal it type of edge rusher who you can also kick inside. This is Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. He had one hell of a combine as well. Did he not, Chris? Yes, he definitely did. Now, th didn't they say during the uh, broadcast that his nickname around the Iowa program is Hercules? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he definitely looked it. Yeah. I, I was surprised to see him turn as good a time as he did. You know, it was what a four, five, four was the official time for Lucas Van Ness. And yeah, you know, I'm not sure many people saw that coming. Now his 10 yard split was, uh, was good. It wasn't quite as good as Nolan Smith's, but it was a really good 10-yard split. What really impressed me, though, was his, his agility drills. Had a 4-3-2 short shuttle and a 7-0-2-3 cone. For a guy his size, you know, 6'5", 272, those are fantastic numbers. And oh, by the way, he also has 34-inch arms. So he, he has plenty of length. He's got good speed, good explosiveness, good agility i'm i'm not sure if he is exactly the type of edge the giants would go after either yeah i'm not sure we really know right now what joe shane and wink martindale and brian dayball 
really want from that edge position because the only one we've seen them really draft is Kayvon Thibodeau, who was one of the best players in the draft last year. Like he just had everything going for him. We, we need a few more data points before we can really start to hone in on what these guys like. But there is a lot, of, a lot to like with Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, I, I don't think he's somebody who really threatens with speed up the arc. You know, that that's my that's my gripe with him is how bendy is he? How much can he really put the stress on offensive tackles through the outside shoulder? He's much more of a power rusher. And there and, and spending a first round pick on that is is a little dubious when, when doing that. I don't think it necessarily fits with the New York Giants need right now either, as you alluded to. So I don't think he's gonna be a, a player the Giants will invest in. But I've been proven wrong before. <laughs> and he's definitely somebody who will have who will have his um, fair share of nice plays in the NFL. I mean, 11-inch hands, too. That's pretty freaky-sized hands. But are there any other edge rushers that really kind of pop off the screen to you, Chris? You know, uh, Will McDonald, he was a guy I was interested to see. He has good natural leverage, but which is another way to say he's a little bit short for the position, but really long arms, really bendy. Uh, supposedly he was sick for the combine and still had a really strong workout. But the guy who really impressed me most of all was Byron, Byron young from Tennessee. Now I think if Nolan Smith hadn't thrown down the workout that he did, Byron young would probably be the talk of the edge group right now because he did everything well. And he's a guy, I don't know how many people were really focusing on and talking about because yeah, Tennessee kind of came out of nowhere, and Young is another older prospect. I believe, I believe he, if he isn't 25 right now, he'll be 25 by the time the season starts. And mm-hmm. he had a very um, unconventional path to the NFL. Uh, came out of the JUCO division. I believe he was a manager at a store and wound up sending out his highlight tape. And that basically got him a uh, scholarship offer from Tennessee. It's a really, really interesting story, but this guy was fantastic. He had great speed, great explosiveness, and he actually looked like he belonged doing the linebacker drills. He got good depth in his drops. He actually was able to track the ball in the air and at least get his hands on it. So that was to me pretty impressive. And if he, I think I think he winds up being a second rounder. I'm not sure how long he lasts in the second round, though. Yeah, Byron Young, somebody who absolutely stuck out to me, and I have him down here on my list as well. But Chris, before we transition to linebacker and the defensive backs, a lot of interesting names that should entice the New York Giants. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Chris. The linebacker position this year, just in general, from everything that I'm seeing, it's pretty interesting in the sense that there are just kind of a lot of athletes back there who are running around. I'm pretty sure I brought this up on the show before. You don't find too many true I a linebacker who understands the nuances of of reading my keys, reacting, understanding how to win the cat and mouse game, things of that nature, right? But there's one from the University of Iowa, another Iowa prospect we're talking about here, who absolutely does, and that is Jack Campbell. He is a six foot five, two hundred and forty nine pound linebacker, looks the part. He ran a four six five, which was the second slowest. But I don't really care about that. It's not ideal. I really don't care about that. But he ran a six seven four three comb with a thirty seven and a half foot vert, ten eight broad, and a one five nine ten yard split. And I don't know if he would be around for the New York Giants in the second round. So the Giants, if they're interested in him, might need to spend a first round pick on him. I'm really not sure. Linebackers a little bit devalued these days. But man, I would love to see Jack Campbell in blue. Yeah, and on the field, we talked about this in our our combine preview. Jack Campbell is he is a throwback. He is a downhill thumper of a linebacker. And my big question was him with him is whether or not he has the wheels to be an off-ball linebacker. You know, something that Daniel Jeremiah uh, I believe it was Charles Davis and also current Buccaneers linebacker Devin White all said over the course of the linebacker workouts is that if you can't cover, you can't play. I know there are a lot of Giants fans who hearken back to, at the very least, Antonio Pierce and certainly back to the glory days of Harry Carson, Carl Banks, you know, that breed of linebacker where you were just coming downhill, cracking heads, but that's just not the way it's played anymore and yes the Giants do need to get get better run support from their linebackers they absolutely need a guy who can come downhill fill a gap stack and shed an offensive lineman and make a tackle in the run game but they also need somebody who can cover a tight end please for the love of God get a linebacker who can cover a tight end and bang sorry Jack Campbell he he definitely has the size to cover most of the tight ends in this league. And I too kind of don't care about a four, six, five 40, which is still pretty darn good for a linebacker Campbell's size. Because if your linebacker is running 40 yards dead out, um, something has either gone very, very wrong or very, very right. And I'm not sure you can plan for either of those things. I felt like Campbell looked good in the drills when he was dropping into coverage and he was doing all of that. Like he looked fluid enough, right? He's functional, in my opinion, as an athlete. I don't think he would be a liability out there as an athlete. It's just not going to be a huge plus and a check mark in your favor. But we've seen successful linebackers in other schemes not possess top end athletic ability and be perfectly fine in coverage, be fine penetrating, and be fine in terms of stopping the run. 
And that's where I think Jack Campbell is. I just don't know if the Giants are in a position to spend, like I said, the a first round pick on a player like that. And there's another player who I feel like is another he's athletic, but he also understands the nuances of playing linebacker. And that is Dorian Williams from Tulane. He's not nearly the size of Jack Campbell. He's six foot one, 228 pounds, almost 34 inch arms over 10 inch hands. You love all that. He ran a four, four, nine with a one, five, four, 10 yard split, 33 and a half vert, 10 foot broad jump. And the reason I bring him up is if the giants go in another direction, don't want to take linebacker that high. I think Dorian Williams is going to be around possibly on day three. And I actually, I liked his tape. I really liked his teammates tape, Nick uh, Anderson, but he wasn't at the combine because he's like probably almost 5'10". Like he's a very small player, but I really think he's a good football player as well. But Dorian Williams is a later round guy that I feel like the Giants could draft who can come in and, and possibly end up starting for the Giants in year one. Yeah. And I, I think there are actually quite a few of those type of guys who, if the Giants sign a linebacker in free agency there's going to be quite a quite a few veterans hitting the market this year there are several probably maybe late third but probably more like more likely to be fourth round guys who have plenty of athleticism and looked pretty darn good in the field drills out there and i think are going to be sending a lot of scouts back to their tape you know uh Jeremy Banks from Tennessee, Owen Papau out of Auburn, and D. Winters from TCU. Those guys all kind of jumped out at me. Uh, Winters in particular was, I think, a lot more athletic than I thought he was going to be. He looked pretty darn good in the field drills, being able to uh, move in space, have good change of direction, open his hips, all of that thing, all of that stuff. And he ran a four four nine. You know the Banks, the guy from Tennessee, he had an unofficial four seven nine on his first on his first run, but that included two stumbles. A four five nine afterwards, pretty darn good for him to go with a thirty seven and a half inch vertical. And quite frankly, I like the way he looked in the field drills. Before we get to defensive backs, you've watched Trenton Simpson, correct? Yes. Can you give a quick synopsis on his skill set? I've yet to get to Clemson's tape, and he's a name that I've seen mocked to the Giants on Twitter. Yeah, Trent Simpson is a very, very athletic linebacker. Um, he, I think, has a little bit more nuance and understanding of the position than some of the other guys like uh, Overshone at Texas or uh, Sanders at Arkansas where they're athletes playing linebacker. Simpson has some of that to him, but he's been at the position long enough to be to be a linebacker. Now, he isn't a downhill run through the offensive lineman type linebacker. He is m much more of a new age off ball linebacker who wants to use his athleticism, his positioning to make plays in pursuit as opposed to coming downhill, stacking, shedding, making tackles off of the blocker, that type of thing. But he can definitely cover a, a lot of field in the middle of the field. You can drop him into coverage. You could probably have him man up on maybe even some slot receivers and be able to cover. I, I think he's going to be a very popular pick for the Giants, assuming the mock drafter isn't also picking a wide receiver. 
Now onto the cornerback position. Look, there are a ton of names here, Chris, who the New York Giants will be interested in. There's guys like Christian Gonzalez who looked so smooth in the on-field drills, tested very well. I mean, his sister's an Olympic athlete. He comes from a very athletic family. He'll probably be a top 10 pick. The Giants are not going to have a shot at Christian Gonzalez. And I've yet to get to his tape, but just from the highlights I've seen and some of the other stuff I've seen from him, you could just tell he is he understands how to play the position and he combines that with amazing athletic ability. And a lot of these guys are great athletes. You had DJ Turner run a 426 from Michigan. You had Deontay Banks run a 435. The tape I've seen of Deontay Banks so far, he looks like he would really fit what Wink Martindale wants to do as a press cover corner, just another physical type of guy. And there's a lot of those physical cornerbacks. Joey Porter Jr., very physical. Keely Ringo, very physical. He ended up running a 436. He's much more of a linear athlete, in my opinion. Change of direction is a little bit questionable with the redshirt sophomore out of the University of Georgia. Our guy Cam Smith, who we brought up on several podcasts out of South Carolina, ended up running a 443, which is a good time for him. Who really jumped out at you, though, Chris, from this group of really talented cornerbacks with the New York Giants could really spend that first round pick on? Who really jumped out and who do you think the Giants will be interested in? in at pick 25 and who will also be available at 25 uh let me see i for pick 25 i think dj turner is an interesting guy to look at simply because of his just raw speed a 42640 he was only just off of john ross with that with that time he definitely has the athletic ability to play with basically any wide receiver in the NFL. I would have liked to have seen him do a full workout, but he didn't. Um, apparently he had, I believe, I believe it was his hamstring tightened up on him after that 40, which is unfortunate, but I think that speed alone is enough to get him at least to the top half of the second round, where if you want him, the giants are going to have to spend a first round pick on him. Both of those Maryland cornerbacks Deontay Banks and then Jacorian Bennett were pretty impressive Banks was definitely the smoother mover of the two I I really like his hips I think he like you said is a physical player who can get up and press at the line of scrimmage who can disrupt with his jam do all that now if we're talking about the guy who actually intrigued me the most and this is not for a first round pick. It's Emmanuel Forbes at Mississippi State. He's got that Levi Wallace thing going on, though, dude. <laughs> it's like Cordell. Um, I would say Cordell Flot on steroids, but that would be a very counter, counter type of uh, statement. He's 166 pounds for those who don't know. He's a very, very small and and skinny skinny cornerback. And I believe on another podcast, Chris, I said that his ass is where most individuals thoracic spine is. That's how high <laughs> he is. He's all legs, man. He's all uh, stride length. I have yet to watch his film yet, but just watching him on on the field and, and running through the, the drills and everything like that, he did seem like he was relatively smooth despite his very unique, I guess, build would be the nice way to put it. Yeah, he is. I, I think the charitable description of Forbes is wiry or if you've watched the replacements lately weary weary <laughs> <laughs> the, the uncharitable description is skinny that du- that dude is just whip thin but he is fast he's got a 43540 he's got good length he's a 
just under 6'1 with 32-inch arms, and he is an absolute playmaker out there. 20 passes defensed, 14 interceptions, 6 pick 6s in 3 seasons. He's got 2 seasons with 3 pick 6s. And he really is a ball magnet. He's got great instincts at the catch point. I I basically immediately went to his tape after the combine finished. And he actually does have fluid hips at his size with as high cut as he is. He can open up his hips. He can turn and run with guys. He can stay in phase throughout the route. But big question with him is that weight. Because 166, that absolutely does show up. He is, he tries to be physical, but he can also be ragdolled by incidental contact from a teammate. And if he's going to, if he's going to tackle, he has to sell out to do it, which if ball carrier sees it coming, he's kind of easy to avoid, even with his length. So what really intrigues me with him is, you know, height, check, weight, check, Sorry, height check, length check, speed check, ball skills production, all of that check, 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 but then his weight. So how heavily do you weigh those physical thresholds versus the potential upsize, upside of his productive ability? And is he too much of a physical outlier for a team? It's going to be the big question, and we know that Joe Shane – Last year, at least with Cordell Flott, he took a swing. Now, Cordell Flott was 20 years old when he drafted him, so he was hoping that he would develop and grow into his body a little bit more, add some mass, add some strength. I'm hoping that happens as well, and I remain relatively high on Cordell Flott. But in terms of Manuel Forbes, that's what you're hoping for as well, no? Uh, yes, although I'm really not sure how much room there is on his frame to hang muscle off of and not compromise his athleticism. You know, he's a little bit older. He's 22. Uh, he just turned 22. His birthday is January 13th. So Capricorn. I, okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a Capricorn. It's the only reason why I know that. <laughs> but uh, other other cornerbacks of note before we transition to safeties and get out of here. Riley Moss out of Iowa ran a 4-4-5, and he looked pretty smooth out there as well. Darius Rush ended up building on his good senior bowl re week by running a 4-3-6 out of South Carolina. He is Cam Smith's teammate who ran a 4-4-3, which we brought up a little bit earlier. And then Julius Brents. Now, Julius Brents out of Kansas State, we said that he had porn length on previous podcasts. And it's accurate, right? Like he is a big dude. He's just under six foot four, 34 inch arms. He ran a four, five, three, which it's like, oh, that's not that great for a cornerback. And I understand that, but I've also felt like that was pretty evident on his tape. If I'm going to be honest with you, Chris, but he jumped out of the gym and he ran a six, six, three, three cone, which is almost unfathomable for a six foot three, 34 inch armed cornerback. I know he's only 198 pounds, but it's still, that's a big cornerback to be running a six, six, three, those type of agility drills in a 405, 20 yard shuttle with those explosive drills. I mean, I look at the four, five, three, and it doesn't necessarily concern me that much. It's just when I saw him on tape, I did feel like there were issues with recover with, with recovering once he was beat. And that's where I have a little bit of question marks about Julius Brents. It makes me a little bit hesitant at pick 25. But overall, I like his physicality. I love his length. And I think his ability in press coverage is something that will will really appeal to Wink Martindale on the Giants defense. Yeah, I think so as well. And you know, his 10-yard split was a 1-5-7, which is not great. 
but it's also kind of fine with his vertical and his agility drills. Yeah, I do wonder if his if the issues with his speed is that it's a 40-yard dash and not like a 60-yard dash where he could really lengthen out that stride, use those long legs to make up ground. And yeah, the, the issues with recovery speed are there. But I think if it comes down to if he's able to stay in phase with a receiver, open up his hips and turn and run, I don't think he's going to get outrun as much as as a four five three forty would suggest. All right, Chris, let's transition to the safeties. What safeties jumped out at you down there in Indianapolis? Uh, of all of them, actually, I'm going to go off the radar here a little bit and say Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Both the Illinois yeah. guys, really. Yeah. Yes, actually, this was really a great draft for Illinois because Devin Witherspoon, he might be the best cornerback in this draft class. He didn't work out. But Sidney Brown, that safety, that dude was, A, he is jacked. <laughs> like, no other way to put it. That dude is, I said in my uh, post after the combine was over, he's built like an action figure. And yeah. Not only did he pace the safety group for bench press, he also had a 40 and a half inch vertical, a 10, 10 broad jump and a four, four, seven 40 yard dash with a one, five, one 10 yard split. I thought he moved surprisingly well in the field drills. Like I, I thought he was more fluid than you would expect a safety of his size at Five nine and three quarters and two hundred and eleven pounds. That is a stout dude. He is built like a he is built like a fire hydrant, and he was still able to open up his hips, at least as far as you would expect a safety to be able to. Not cornerback, but still good. Like I would have no problem with him potentially playing free safety, being moved around the defensive secondary, and he can come up and hit you. He'll definitely come up and hit you. Him and. Uh... His brother, who is a uh, running back at Illinois Chase, there was a rep at the Senior Bowl where it was Chase Brown against Riley Moss, the Iowa cornerback we were just talking about. And I think Riley Moss is still flying out of the Senior Bowl. <laughs> like He got absolutely leveled. It was at the goal line, too. So that's a running back on day three to pay attention to his brother, Chase Brown. But both the Brown brothers at Illinois, very impressive. Like you brought up Witherspoon. He's going to be a, a first-round lock. He unfortunately did not test. There's one safety that I knew nothing about who I felt like stuck out at the combine, had a good combine, and will be a day three guy. And that's Daniel Scott out of California, who is six foot one, 208 pounds, ran a 4.45 with a 1.55, 10-yard split, and jumped 39 and a half in the vert with a 10.8 broad, and then a 6.75 three cone. So those are really good agility drills, really good lower body explosiveness drills. And this is a player that I knew really nothing about. And I think the Giants... They might be in the safety market. Even if they retain Julian Love, they still might be in the safety market. So these day three safety types, this kid was a team captain. You know, that's going to carry some weight with guys like Joe Shane and this new Giants brass. So that was a name that I didn't really know anything about that I wanted to bring up as well. Yeah, uh, Scott caught my eye as well. I think he might have been overall the most athletic safety. And I don't think anybody was expecting that from him. I'm definitely going to be going back to that Cal tape to get a good look at him. And I'm right there with you. I think safety is kind of an under the radar pick for the giants on day three, because they've got a 
bunch of day three picks. And not only do they really need to continue to build depth in this secondary, these late defensive backs are often really good options for special teams because these guys, they're athletic. They can run down the field and they know how to hit. So they they have the discipline and understanding of what to do on coverage teams. And the Giants special teams were an adventure last year. We didn't know if we were going to get a great play or a terrible play out of them on any given snap. No, we did not. But Chris, do you have anything else on these defensive backs? You know, overall, I've just got to say, I was more impressed with the safeties than I expected to be. Yeah. We knew coming in that this was a great draft for cornerbacks. Like, there's going to be a lot of guys coming into the NFL who are going to make quarterbacks' lives kind of miserable. But I was, ex- I wasn't expecting much from the safeties. Overall, I was very impressed. Not only did we have a bunch of really athletic safeties, guys who tested well, a lot of them looked very, very comfortable in the field drills. Yeah, it looks like. Uh influx of defensive back talent will be entering the 2023 NFL draft. But thank you everyone for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so, like and subscribe, comment on the podcast and head on over to BigBlueView.com. Check out all of our written content. We'll be extensively covering those beloved New York football giants and the 2023 NFL draft. Take care of each other, everyone, and have a lovely day. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. 're to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's HubSpot visit hubspot.com to get started today